Today, a reading comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. And uh, I'm going to get started in verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. What does that look like? What does that mean to you? Is, is, is that just something we pick up at a newsstand? Oh, how do I motivate somebody? No. No, there, there's a biblical method to motivate one another. It comes through encouragement. It comes through good works. We can walk around and we can tell everybody. I can tell my wife every day when she leaves out the door, I love you. But if I don't follow that up with an action, if I don't put my love into action, is it just merely words? Is it just a, a resounding gong? Is it just a noise that I'm making? Or am I putting that love into action? Y'all can go ahead and be seated. I know we stood up a while. We did, we did some pretty good worshiping today. He showed up in a miraculous way. Praise God. So I'm Chris, in case I haven't met you before. I lead our community circle. Our community circle uh, is groups and all of the folks you see out in the lobby that are greeting you. Um, getting connected with you to the ushers at the door that are ushering you into the presence of God. And um, we, we can't do this alone, right? That's why we're a community. That's why we connect through community. So if you need a title for today, it's community action. Community action. Because community isn't just merely connecting, isn't just showing up on a small group that's on your schedule or just coming here to church just to see everybody for the week, for one time throughout the week. But we gotta get into action because love is an action. It's not just a word, it's, it's not a vague meaning. I think the world has twisted this too many ways into just being a, um, just a nice, a nice touch, right? We learned about just touches. Love is more than a touch. Love is an action. Love means you got to roll up your sleeves and you got to get in. You got to dig in deep to the things that are going on in their life or that may be going in your, on in your life that you need help to get through. And that's why we're in community. That's why we have one another. That's why he placed the lonely in families so that we can lean on one another. We can rub elbows together, not let a virus get in between us to where we back up into a corner and we get isolated, right? Getting ahead of myself, getting ahead of myself. We're going to get there in a second. So how do we motivate each other? I mean, we, we can't just walk in and you can't just walk up and, hey, hey, Todd, uh, let, let me tell you a word of God I got today. Uh, I hope that motivates and encourages you. No, Todd's going to look at me like I'm crazy. Why? Because I'm not in a relationship with Todd. But if I am in a relationship with Todd, if I've walked through some life, stuff in life with Todd, if I've flown halfway across the world to Kenya with Todd and walked in the streets of Mathari North and went through the crumb with him and felt the spiritual oppression there, then Todd and I are walking through some stuff together, right? We're learning God's character in each of us that we can build each other up and encourage us when those hard times hit us, right? So, I think oftentimes we see this misconstrued, uh, and, I, and I mean by you see love and then you see good works. And I think a lot of people misunderstand that those two accompany each other. You can't have one without the other one. You, you can't have just love by itself without that action of that good work coming into the picture with it. And you can't have good work without having love ushered in through that. Because if not, it's just a religious motion we're going through. Oh, let me see if I can help you. Oh, I'm always available. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just here for you, okay? Yeah, yeah, literally, be here for me. If I need help at my house with something, be there for me. If your friend needs a swing set moved, 
be there for him. You know, I tell this man I love him all the time, and I mean it because when he needs me, I'm there for him, right? And the same goes from him to me. So by this, we learned about this a few weeks ago in Acts 1.8. We're bearing witness to him. When I'm doing these good works through love, I'm bearing witness to him. His spirit's here with us. His spirit is in me. But through that, I'm doing the work for him here on earth, right? And that's bearing witness to him. So why do we need radical community? Why do we need radical community? I I don't know if that's a term we've ever heard before, but radical community is when we walk through things together, right? We we hold things get tough, okay? We're still here together. Things are good. We're enjoying it good together, right? But sometimes things get in the way, right? And sometimes we're too busy. Pastor John and I were talking about this this morning. He said, man, I was reading through your sermon and that kind of hit me. And I told him, I said, it's in my sermon because it hit me too. And it, it hit me in such a way that Maybe sometimes I'm not taking the time to spend time in those relationships. Maybe I'm, I'm not paying attention to my wife's needs. Maybe I'm not spending the time with my kids. Maybe I'm not reaching out to you all. Maybe I'm not going to groups because I'm too busy, right? I, I don't know about you, but for me, I know a lot of times I will find things to do to keep myself occupied. And sometimes I feel like, okay, that puts me in a zone maybe where I can think through things, and that's okay. It's okay if you get busy for a season. There's nothing wrong with being busy for a season, but don't let that season be ongoing and into the next month and into the next year. And let me tell you something. If your job gets in the way and making you too busy, put your job in check. I, I, left, I left a plant job where I, was, I had a cush little salary going on, and I, and I could show up at work, and I really didn't have to work hard, guys. I'm going to tell you the truth. It, it wasn't hard work. It's dangerous work, but it's not hard work. But I'm going to tell you, I left that job, and I leaned into what God was telling me to do to go out and step out for him, and I left that cush job because that job was trying to take me to a place where it took me away from y'all. And it was busy in my schedule up so much that I was losing track. I was backing up into this corner where I didn't realize, hey, I was being too busy. So that job told me, oh, you're going to have to work on the weekends where you're supposed to be at church. You're going to have to work throughout the week where you can't be there in your group and connecting with people and building each other up. And I was like, no, that ain't, that ain't for me anymore. That season's passed. I put that season behind me. We don't have time for frivolous connections. We don't have time just to go and show up at a small group and just to say, hey, I'm here. Check that box for me. I'm here. We're done with that. I don't know if y'all are connected in groups. I know some of you are. If you haven't been connected in a group, get connected in a group. Every week, I give the group leaders unpacking of these sermon notes so that they can disciple each other through this, right? Y'all can lift each other up through love and good works in that, that small little community circle where we're discipling each other. And it's no longer the method that we used to use where we're just, I'm here, I showed up. Start off with a little bit of food, hang out, connect a little bit, have some fun, learn about your week, and then let's get into the Word. Let's see how that Word applies to us more than what we just heard on a Sunday, right? So we see this in Daniel 7.25. This is biblical that the enemy is supposed to wear us out. We are the saints, right? Yeah, the saints are in the superdome too, but we are the saints. We're his saints. <laughs> we, we are his saints, and, and the enemy's job is to wear us out. And he's going to do that through a multitude of things, guys. He's going to keep us busy. 
He's going he's gonna to keep us distracted all the way to the point that you feel like you're just disconnecting and you're backing up and backing up. So here's the thing. The reason we need radical community is because we can't expect Jesus to bail us out every time. Every time, okay? And the thing is, he is going to bail you out, but it may not be through a divine appointment with you and him. It may be through me connecting with Renzo. I might say, hey, Renzo, I'm feeling a little shaken this week, man. What's going on? And Renzo's just had a miraculous week, and God's doing some stuff. And I might need that uplifting encouragement from him. Hey, dude, let's go get some coffee. Let's go get some breakfast together. Pick me up. That's what it means through that. So, but what you got to be careful of is to not lean on influences from outside the community. Look around in this house. This is your community, okay? Don't, don't go to the Facebook preacher. Don't go to the YouTube preacher. Don't go to the vlogs. Don't go to the blogs. Don't go to magazines. Don't go to all these places looking for an answer. He's equipped each one of us. We learned about this last week, right? He's, he's given us gifts when we need the gifts. But if you're, if you're not available for him to put the gift in you and to, to be in relationship with somebody, how are you ever going to let him use you? So we're, we, we see this in James, right? James says, confess your faults one to another. How are you going to confess your faults to me if we're, if we're not together? If you're here and I'm there, we can't, we, we can't connect like that, right? That's one of those frivolous connections. So we need people on the same journey to pour into us, right? We're all on the same journey. Yeah, we're, we're all God's church all across the world, but, but this house is on a specific journey. This house has a specific mission that he's called us for, that he's given to our pastor, that our pastor pours into the circle leaders, that the circle leaders pour into each one of us that's taken us on this journey together from all the different pieces and parts and giftings that we have that we collaborate together to make it one mission for him. So, but to know that person's on the same journey with you, you got to know that person's hearing from him, right? So, a psalmist wrote, he puts the lonely in families, right? If you're lonely, if you're by yourself, if you don't know where you belong, he's placed you in this family for a reason. Get with Pastor John if you don't know where you belong. He'll take you through the discovery process, and you'll figure out what your giftings are. You'll figure out where you belong at, right? Um, but in this, you need godly relationships. And you see, godly relationships are not like any other relationship, because godly relationships mean that you're in relationship with somebody that's seeking him in a way that, that, is, that he's called them to do. Godly relationships are, are not just people you meet out on the streets. Godly relationships are, are, are not the people that maybe you've been friends with for a long time, but they're going in this direction of the worldly things, and you're going in the direction of the biblical things, Right? Godly relationships are the ones where people are pouring back into you and you're pouring back into them. That relationship is not just you pouring out into them or them pouring into you. It's a two-way street. It's a give and take. It's an iron sharpening iron thing, right? When iron sharpens iron, I don't know if y'all know this or not. This is a pretty cool uh, sign thing. When iron sharpens iron, one side stays sharp. But when that sharpened side hits the dull side, that dull side then takes the new, the new sharp edge of the strength, and then the other side is more dull, and therefore it needing the other side again. It goes back and forth, y'all. It goes back and forth. 
So what we don't want to be careful, what we want to be careful of and not to do is to get caught up in isolation. Because isolation will kill you. It'll kill you spiritually, it'll kill you emotionally, and it'll kill you physically. Remember, we learned about needing healing hands, right? May start in your small group, may start in this house where you just get a touch. But as you dive deeper in that relationship, as you go deeper in love and you roll your sleeves up and you start digging in and figuring out what's really going on in each other's lives, that, that's when that strength begins to come out and you realize, oh, Jesus is actually calling me to heal this person. Maybe I need to lay hands on this person. Maybe I need to reach out to the, to the prayer circle and, and say, hey, I need some covering here and I need some, some spiritual direction to know Am I supposed to be laying hands on them? What, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on in their life. That's okay to do that. So we see that in Mark 16, 17, where we need healing hands. But through spending that relationship, you'll be able to determine whether they need that touch or whether you need to go in deep. So let me, let me give you a, a little bit of how we do this. So how do we live in radical community? How do we live in radical community? To live in radical community, uh, we see this in verse 25 from Hebrews 10. And let us not neglect our meeting together. Everybody say together. Look at your neighbor say together. Together. Together, as some people do. As some people do. We don't want to neglect meeting together. We want to be intentional in prioritizing our meeting with other believers. You have to, hear me, you have to prioritize this. You have to make it a priority. It's, 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 if you don't put the time in to spend time with each other, and not just, like I said, not just spending frivolous time with each other, but actually being intentional. Maybe, maybe unpack the word of God together. Maybe tell each other what God's been doing in your life. And then figure out maybe where some of your needs can be met. But you can't do that if you're not intentionally setting that time apart to spend time with one another to dig in deep in that way. We, we see where he's, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews says, but let us not neglect meeting together. Don't ignore connecting with each other, even if there's fear in the world. And I know that's a tight subject, but I'm going to go into this a little boldly. Don't be stupid. If you're sick, stay home. If, 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 you're, if you're in a predicament where you have a pre-existing health condition, be careful, be safe. Keep washing your hands. We probably should have been washing our hands more before this virus kicked off. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but don't let that stop you from meeting together. If, if you're uncomfortable and you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. But don't let the fear settle into your heart and push you into a corner where you don't feel like you, you can come out of that corner and you don't feel like, uh, well, maybe, may, maybe they're sick and maybe I'll just stay home. And then before you know it, you're isolated all over again. Depression setting in, anxiety starts following that, and then you're on the, the slippery roller coaster that's taking you to a dark place that you never intended to be. But it all started because you let that fear in. Is, is, he, is, he, is his love not conquer all fear? Come on, if we love each other, if we go to a place of love with each other, shouldn't that conquer all the fear? So you got to trust, though. You got to trust, you got to rely, and you got to obey. Jesus planted you in the body of believers. He's placed his authority, right? That's in this house. He's placed his authority in this, in this house, and then that authority goes through the leadership in the church, right? All the way to the point that it meets you and you receive that authority, right? 
You, you receive that healing power if that's what you need. But you got to trust, you got to rely, and you got to obey that you're here for a reason. You can't be church hopping. You can't be going from this house to this house to this house and expecting to hear him because he's planted you there for a reason. If you, had, if you felt the reason to get uprooted and move to a place, settle in there and figure out what he's got for you. Don't just jump to the next one because something made you uncomfortable. If I made you uncomfortable today, I apologize. But I'm not apologizing because he gave me the authority to speak into your life today. So the rest of verse 25 says like this, but encourage one another, especially now. Everybody say now. 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 Now, this day, this time, now, that the day of his return is drawing near. He's not saying that from a place of fear. Don't cherry pick out of the verse and and think that he's, oh, he's trying to scare me. Maybe one day he's coming soon. Yeah, he is coming soon. The day is drawing near. What he's saying is don't waste time. Don't, don't, don't miss uh, an opportunity to connect with someone. Don't miss an opportunity to get involved in your church, to get involved in a small group, to maybe take your group and then go hit a, a, a legacy opportunity, a, a serve engagement. Don't miss an opportunity because the day is drawing near, and you don't want that day to draw near when the bride returns, and you look around, and you're like, oh, crap. He's here, and I have nothing to account for. I didn't do all that he, I didn't use all that he put in me. He, he's already got gifts in you. You got to discover what that is. We don't need less community. We need more community, especially now. Especially now. The world is moving into a place of isolation where, well, maybe we just need to be careful with this or, 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 or maybe we're not supposed to do that or I'm not sure how they feel about that, so I'm going to back up and I'm going to stay in this corner until I can understand what's going on. You're, baby, you're never going to understand it. You're never going to understand it because, hey, you got to understand something about him. His ways are higher than your ways. And if, if, you, if you let that reside in your heart, if you let that settle in your heart, then you're going to learn to trust him. You're going to start learning to rely on him. You're going to start learning to obey what he's put inside of you and, and distribute that amongst your community, right? So I'm going to bring this to a close. Let me ask you this. Are you connecting in Jerusalem? Are you connecting in Judea? Are you connecting in Samaria? Pastor Monty unpacked this with us, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago. Jerusalem is our inner circle. That's in this house. Look around this room. That's Jerusalem. That's the Nola family. And then there's Judea. That's for our guests. If it's your first time here, welcome home. We love you. This is an amazing family that we have here. And as you can see, there's a lot of family to go around. There's no reason you should be lonely. <laughs> get, in, get involved. Get involved in your family. Understand what's going on so that you can get filled up, so that you can go pour out. And then there's Samaria. That's when we leave these four walls. That's when we go out into the street and we meet people that we don't know. We don't know if they know him. But guess what they'll see in us? They'll see his character in us. They'll, they will have had a real interaction with Jesus Christ when they come across us because we carry his virtue wherever we go. So I got three points I want to hit. Stop trusting your feelings. That doesn't mean don't feel. That, do, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean be dead to things. That means your feelings are there as, as your sensors. They're your feelers they're kind of letting you know what's going on. 
but it can't stop there. That can't be where your trust stops at. That can't be where you rest all, all, of, all of your knowledge at is in your feelings. Stop believing that isolation is beneficial. It's not. Baby, it's not. It's killing you. It's killing you spiritually. It's killing you emotionally. It's killing you physically if you let it get to that point. What does isolation do? It backs you into a corner, right? You start backing up into that corner, and before you know what happens, you're buried in that corner. You can't turn left. You can't turn right. All you can do is be buried in that corner. He didn't bury you. He called you out of the grave. He called you to... He called you to come out of that corner of isolation so that when that believer comes up to you and he grabs you or she grabs you by the hand and leads you in the radical life change through him and you come out of that corner and baby, guess what happens? You got opportunities because now you can look left, now you can look right, and now you can see all the people around the room that can surround you. So stop accepting the lies of the enemy. Stop letting him define you. Stop letting him tell you about yourself. Stop letting him tell you that This is what I see in you. Instead, you better come here and you better find out what he sees. He put it in 66 books that have stood the test of time that tells you exactly what he sees in you. Don't focus on any one character of his that that seems a little old school or maybe that seems a little mean. No, no, no. He was showing you how far he's willing to go to preserve this, to preserve his word, to preserve it for a time such as now, a time such as this. Woo! Y'all better be glad I'm done. <laughs> so all of that to say, y'all, get, it, get involved in your community. 